Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God, our Father, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. On Laura's parents' old home place, there was uh, much time spent there hunting for fossils. Now, growing up through grade school and even into high school, I learned about fossils. We learned about several major fossil finds, great dinosaurs that they had found, mammoths and things like that. My impression through all of this was that since these kinds of finds were rare, that fossils must also be a, a rare thing to find. Then I found and married Laura. No, she's not a fossil. But my goodness, do we have a collection of fossils. I always thought that, that fossils were rare. But apparently, we have lined our driveway with fossils because we have so many. We have fossils of plants, of shells, of seeds, of I think some crustaceous animals, uh, all kinds of fossils. But Laura's prized fossil is a doozy. No, she didn't find a dinosaur, I don't think. But it's a fossil of a, of a, of a giant fern. At least I think it was a fern. Some sort of a plant. And she would spend years at her parents' place digging this thing out because it was huge. She would dig at it, uncover parts of it, then have to go back and do it again as the rain and, and things would fill her work back in. Finally, her dad helped her pull it out using his truck. Then guess what? Later they found another piece of that fossil in the dirt, buried. Then another of this huge plant. Now the fossil I'm talking about we have at home is about this big, times three. It's fairly large. Wouldn't it be awesome if we could take that, that large rock, that large fossil, all three pieces, and put them all together into one so that we could once again see a solid testament to the image left behind by that plant so long ago. Okay, well, I think it would be pretty cool if we could take all those and put them together into... And you're probably thinking, Pastor, that's a nice story. We, we, well, we like your family history. It's somewhat interesting. Uh, where are you going with this? Honestly, I tell you this because as I went through our gospel reading, as I was thinking about it this week, this is the story. This is what kept coming to mind was fossils. Why do they come to mind? Well, I hope you'll see it as we go. And you'll probably be able to put it together before I even get done. So be patient with me as I lag behind, because you'll probably get ahead of me. Today in our Gospel reading, we have the appearance of Jesus to the disciples again. The disciples, apparently no longer terribly terrified, have gone home. Peter felt the need, seemingly, to do something. I think it's fairly obvious through the Gospels that Peter is not very good at sitting still for very long. 
And John doesn't tell us why, but we can imagine why Peter was getting a little antsy. With all of the intense, intense things that had happened, perhaps Peter needed to do something that he knew, something that he loved, something familiar. Maybe after being behind those locked doors for so long, the, the sea gave him a sense of freedom and normalcy. And I think we all need that from time to time, so we can't blame Peter. But for whatever reason, Peter makes an announcement. I'm going fishing. It wasn't a big announcement. I didn't say it was a big announcement. I just said it was an announcement. He says, I'm going fishing. And those disciples who are with him, they say, we'll, we'll go with you. And so they go out to fish. And like the good fishermen they are, they catch absolutely nothing. It was a bad night for fishing, apparently. But as the sun is coming up, because they fish at night, and it's about the time that the rooster would crow, it's early, early morning, they hear a voice yelling towards them, and being only about 300 feet away from the shore, they can make out the words, Children, do you have any fish? Now that may seem odd to us, but to them it was probably not that odd. They were fishermen after all. I'm sure they would occasionally get the eager buyer standing on the seashore wanting the early catch, wanting the freshest fish. Only this time there would be no sail. They had nothing in a boat. So they answer, nope, we didn't catch a thing. Throw your net on the other side, comes the voice. There must have been something familiar about that request, as odd as it is, because they do it. No questions asked. And they were unable to haul in the net because there were so many fish. And the net, apparently miraculously, because John says so, the net doesn't break. Then it seems to dawn on one of the disciples. Perhaps this was a familiar request. Because it was about three years earlier when John, his brother James, along with Peter and his brother Andrew, were out fishing, just like they were today. And they had come in from their night's trial with nothing. When someone tells them to cast their nets on the other side. And they kind of look at each other like, this is weird. But they go and do it. And much like this morning, they caught a great deal of fish. In fact, they had caught so many fish, they had to call in other boats to help them haul the net in. And when they got to the shore that day, they saw a rabbi standing there. He told them to come and follow him. That he would make them fishers of men. Yes, that rabbi was Jesus. Wait, hold on. Jesus. John, today, turns to Peter and he says, It's the Lord! He finally figures it out. And it apparently hits Peter rather hard. Because Peter grabs his cloak and then jumps into the water and heads to shore. But this too has happened before, hasn't it? 
again on that very sea. Early in the morning, Peter was in the boat with the other disciples. They saw something on the water in the distance, and it came as it came closer, they could see that it looked like a person. They believed it to be a ghost. I mean, come on. What other explanation could there be for a human outline to be walking towards them on water? Except a ghost. But then seeing that it was not a ghost, but instead it was the Lord, Peter does what? Hops over the side into the water and begins to walk toward Jesus. But due to his lack of faith, he begins to to fall in and Jesus grabs him by his hand and pulls him up. As you can see, today's reading, as mundane as it sometimes might seem or maybe even peripheral, the main points of John's Gospel. Today's events bring together a lot from the disciples' past with Jesus. But the most important thing that is brought together today is that rock. No, not the fossil, but, but the rock in the story. Did you catch it? The rock, the one who have put back together would, like the fossil, show the imprint of the one who created it. The rock this morning in our text is Peter. That is, after all, what his name means, isn't it? Petra, rock. If you remember... The night Jesus was betrayed, just a few weeks ago, is when that rock was broken. Peter had followed Jesus as Jesus was carried away from the Garden of Gethsemane by by the temple guards. And then Peter stood in the courtyard of Pilate's palace as he watched his Lord go through all these trials, these questions. And it was there in the courtyard that Peter denied, not once, not twice, but three times. He denied even knowing Jesus. And then the rooster crowed, and the rock was broken. So it was probably around this same time of day as our reading this morning, Only on this day, instead of hearing the rooster crow, he heard the voice of his Lord crying out. And then he jumps into the sea and and swam ashore. And he gets to have breakfast with his Lord. His Savior feeds him. And then after breakfast, Jesus turns to Peter and asks Peter if he loves him. And Peter responds, no, this is a, a literal Greek translation. He says, Duh, you know I do. Peter, do you love me? Duh, you know I do. And Jesus says, feed my lambs. Then a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And then Peter gives the same response. Jesus says, then tend my sheep. Then a third time, do you love me? And this kind of tears it. At Peter. That's what our text says. It kind of gets to him. 
He says, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus tells him, feed my sheep. It is with this exchange that Jesus repairs the rock. And that rock, once again, shows the full imprint of the one who made him. Peter, at the break of day, had denied his master three times, is now at the break of day, given the opportunity to affirm his love for his master again three times. And Jesus follows up each one with a call for Peter, the rock, to no longer be just a fisher of men, but to shepherd God's sheep. Not just catch them, but to lead them, to teach them. And Peter does just that. And he will end up dying just the way Jesus said he would, with his hands outstretched, crucified. But here's the thing about Peter. When Peter had denied Christ, it was the same night that Judas had denied Christ. Both of these men had denied their master. Both men were that night broken, shattered. Peter, however, looked back to Christ as his Savior. Judas did not. Judas believed that he was beyond saving, that Christ had nothing for him. His guilt and shame turned him inward on himself. So he goes to the temple to return the money, to atone for his sins. And do you know what the priests did? They laughed at him. They mocked him. Judas had lost all hope. So feeling lost, Judas goes and he hangs himself, dying in his trespasses and sins. Peter, however, returned to Christ. On Easter morning, he ran to the tomb to see if Jesus was there. He was eager to see his Lord. And then Jesus appeared to Peter and the disciples twice, now three times. And Peter was able to declare his love for his Lord. Beloved in the Lord, you are like Peter. You continually, continually run here when you hear the voice of your master calling. Faithfully, like the disciples this morning, you come here and you let your master feed you. And your Lord continually, like he did with Peter, takes your broken pieces he makes you whole again. He forgives your sins. Gives to you peace. He digs you out of the filth. Washes you in your baptism. Puts you together. And makes whole the imprint of the one who made you and who has reclaimed you.
you are a bunch of fossils. I mean that in a kind way. And you are being made whole. God be praised. God be praised. Amen. And now may the peace that passes all understanding guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.